Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Hi, Megan. Are you ready for April? I am very ready for April. Are you? I think so. I think so. I think we'll know more by the end of the podcast. I exactly. mean, and then we'll see whether we are or we're not. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out <laughs> soon enough. I mean, April is a big month. We do um, have the beginning of eclipse season, but we're going to get all into that a little bit later. Let's begin at the beginning and start with that Libra full moon at the beginning of the month on April. Fifth. Now, it's a Libra full moon, but it's also got this funky connection <laughs> to Chiron. And of course, anytime we're connecting in with Chiron, we're in the realm of deeper wounding and old stories. And so this Libra moon could be a little bit tricky. So what are you thinking? Yeah, so I think it's really an interesting you know, we've had so much Chiron like being so out in front and center in March with yeah. all of its connections. I think it was to Jupiter and to Mercury. And so that notion of like, I think that's important for all of us to look to see where did these themes show up in March, right? In terms of, mm. to your point, like to wounding and to healing, right? To like yes, looking yes. at our wounds and how can that be the solve for healing? And that it may be that that's what comes to illumination. You know, whether it's like we get more clarity on it or we find a pathway forward or maybe that illumination has us not be able to avoid it anymore, right? And to really <laughs> to see, to name and to claim, you know, where it is that we feel a sense of inadequacy or where it is that we have these personal narratives that keep us smaller and that that limit ourselves and just that commitment to like release that you know, and to move forward in our lives. Yeah, I'm glad, of course, that you're bringing up the healing component. Let us not forget the healing component of Chiron. I think we all get stuck sometimes in the wounding, which is so Chiron. Also, Chiron's in Aries, and we and so it's opposite the Libra full moon. So what I'm thinking is perhaps we can bring in some of that heightened Libra energy as a part of the healing with Chiron. Now, the Aries Libra polarity has a lot to do with relationships. It's like me versus you or me and you. And so this could be a time where aspects around your relationship comes up. Are you feeling empowered around your relationship? Are you empowered around your relationship with yourself? And so there could be some healing here to in the relationships in your life. I love that. I think that's so important, right? Like maybe part of the solve is the Libra, right? Whether it's about like that's where that exists or can I bring another person in who might be able to help me, to mirror me, to support me as I go through this process. <laughs> Sorry, I just Did Stephanie have just have an act? Welcome to like live, <laughs> live <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> Drop some flower essences on the floor. Sorry about that. Um, so <laughs> So there's that piece. And I also think too, right? Like as you were bringing, saying that like sun and Chiron in Aries 
it's, you know, is some of the wounds related to like how we either like stand for ourselves or another in a relationship, you know, how we fight for, we find ourselves with the courage to be mm. assertive and to be bold. But I do think that, you know, the power or part of the jewel or part of the healing can come through other people, yeah. right? And, and ask and calling on them to help support us. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. I, I love bringing in that relational component. And you also used a word, um, bold. And I think that's a perfect segue into kind of a yummy aspect that we've got going on at the beginning of the month as well. It's actually April 11th. We've got a Sun-Jupiter conjunction in Aries. Here we are in Aries again. There's actually a lot of Aries this month, but like Aries energy this month. So let's talk about that because it has that kind of energy of the sun and light and, you know, Jupiter is good fortune and buoyancy and expansion. So that could be a day where you're feeling really alive and outgoing and you want to share yourself. Yeah, for sure. Right. That boldness, that radiance, that sense of possibility, Right. And maybe wanting to stand and to share that sense with others of, of optimism, of good fortune, of generosity, mm. you know, and also that sense of like, of really owning, I want to grow. I want my world to feel bigger. I want my life to feel bigger. What does that look like? How do I set aims and goals towards that? What do maybe I need to learn and understand to that aim? And yet it's always important when there's a lot of <laughs> Jupiter that we, you know, because Jupiter's like, yes, and yes, and more, <laughs> and please. And we have to remember there is that, you know, we have to always, I always like to think that we have to balance a little bit of Saturn in there that sure to feel more limitless, but to remember that there are limits. Right, right. Because that's a lot of, like we're saying, big, bold energy. And, you know, you know, when we were talking about this before the analogy of Icarus came up, right? right, right. About, you know, you're going to feel so great, you put on those wings, but whoops, they're wax and you flew too close to the sun. And so it's kind of a time maybe with all that big fire energy to look at being sure you're tempering yourself, right? That yeah. you're, you're not flying too close to the sun. Yeah, I love that. It's so important. Like what's possible, but then also, well, what's probable in the structure of resources and time and capacity. So I feel like that's a nice way to like work with that energy. Yeah. It's like think big, but not too big. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> watch, watch, watch your wings. Watch your wings. Watch your wings. So Speaking of sun energy, this month we are beginning eclipse season. Again, as we always say, don't panic. We have, <laughs> you know, eclipse season at least a couple of times a year. But we do have a new moon solar eclipse in the sign of Aries on April 19th. And an added element, we've got a couple of layers to this eclipse. And we're going to talk about one, we've got a Pluto square that we're going to talk about. And then also, this is the second Aries new moon of the, the season. So there's these different aspects to it. So where should, let's start with just talking a little bit about eclipses and solar eclipses in general. Yeah. I mean, this is like a showstopper. I don't know why <laughs> I think that, but maybe let me see. Why did I say that? Okay. So eclipses in general, right? Twice a year, we have two to four eclipses. You know, a solar eclipse is a new moon, a, a lunar eclipse is a full moon. 
And they are a time of this potent sense of beginnings and endings and illumination. And, you know, things really feel like they are shifting. And yet where they're going is not clear because it's eclipsed. So I think it's always really important that like eclipse 411 is (laughs) feel into the sea changes and you don't pressure yourself for premature conclusion. Yeah. We just don't know where this is exactly heading, but you feel the tides turning and you do what you can to, you know, steer that ship yourself towards the direction that you want. But again, don't try to prematurely come to a conclusion. So I always think, because I think that's where a lot of the stress is, that like, it's not clear and I've got to figure it out and it's not the right timing for that. So just that itself, I think that orientation is always helpful. Right. It's like you're being stimulated to figure things out, but it's not the moment to, to figure things out, which I think can be frustrating. And another interesting point about this is this is um, happening at 29 degrees Aries, right? And so anytime that we're in the last degree of a sign, we're in the most, I guess you could say, evolved part of it, but we're also in one of the most compulsive parts of it. So this is very heady Aries energy. So let's talk a little bit about that evolved versus compulsive. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I think like, you know, it was so good that you pointed that out, that this is the second one, right? So the first one was on March, and it doesn't always play out this way, you know, we have the first one on March 21st, which is at the beginning of Aries. So I think it's going to be really important for all of us to contextualize what is being given birth to based upon what might have been arising for you around the equinox around May 20, you know, March 21st. What were the seeds that were planted? What was it that you felt like was germinated, you know, related to either Aries themes of courage and bravery and initiation and desire and or depending upon where it is in your chart. And so as we get towards the 29th, the 19th and the 29th degree, it's that sense of, okay, is there something that I'm like, is still carrying forward? And to your point, right? The 29th degree is, I mean, we're at the end. We have evolved. We've gone <laughs> step by step by step. We've been in, in this area's energy. And so there's that poignancy to it. But yet we have to be really careful not to be toe. Aries myopic, if you will, and only Aries because that's where it is. Like, it's all about boldness. It's all about assertion. It's all about now. It's all about fast. Like, that that is not always fully the solution. I think that's where the compulsive can be. So we have to be careful with that. And also, um, but what are, you know, what's being planted? And always with the solar eclipse, it's new beginnings, but it's endings occur. The field is cleared so that new beginnings occur. So if things seem like they're both ending and starting, like that solar eclipse energy. Yeah. And, you know, and then to have the solar eclipse in Aries, which is so fiery. And are we using the words big and bold like a whole bunch? (laughs) I'm starting to get a theme here. Be big, but not too big. Be Aries, but not too Aries, right? It's like really kind of finding all of those subtle balances. The other thing that we have to bring in is that we have an aspect to Pluto during the solar eclipse. Yes, our friend Pluto. And it's out of sign because it's going to be like barely in Aquarius, right? But it's close enough to form an aspect. So 
Pluto, death, rebirth, transformation, eclipse, death, rebirth, transformation. So what I wrote down describing this was bam, bang, pow. It just reminded me of those superheroes comics where there was just so much action happening. So much, like (laughs) lots of like either action or that desire for action. But I think it's really about being super thoughtful with that Pluto tie-in, which is, okay, wait, what's stirring underneath? What's stirring underneath? Okay, instead of just acting and exploding, (laughs) right? Aries energy, Pluto, from that what's stirring underneath is literally, it's like that moment of time out of, okay, wait, what is stirring underneath? What is it that I'm feeling? What is getting triggered? Maybe what is getting poked or prodded? Okay, let me be with that. Where is that arising from? How can I act, you know, in this sort of transformed conscious way to hold my feelings, have a container for my feelings? Because if not, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when we're dealing also with issues related to power, control, in power, out of power, in control, out of control, that it could be really stormy. So we could see like, if we're acting on that, like just that those unconscious drives, which we all have, and we all act from them at different times. But if we can have a more clear look at and just sit with what's underneath, what's Mm -hmm. underneath, what's underneath, how do I be with what's underneath? How do I bring it to light? We can then find that to be this gorgeous, transformative um, experience for us. And the last thing I'll say, and I'm just because I'm like going on and on and on, last thing I say, I promise, is um, what is it that we want to create with this solar eclipse that isn't just, oh, yeah, I'll just like change the wallpaper, right? That's really deep and really meaningful for our life. Ooh, I like that. I was thinking of changing the wallpaper, but I mean, no, no, seriously. <laughs> but I, I could change the wallpaper. Just like don't add new wallpaper on, like strip down the old wallpaper. Exactly. And then wallpaper. Right. I mean, what you're saying is like, there's meaning in this. And yeah, you might have to dig deeper to get to that, but this is actually the opportunity to do that. And so take advantage of the opportunity to transform. Now I say that today. And you can talk to me (laughs) on April 19th and I might be like, Steph, (laughs) you know, Steph and I do this so often after we do the podcast and then we go, we call each other up and we go, oh my God, Steph, remember how we talked about it's really happening, right? So we learn as much from this as, as you guys out there. So yes, I think it's very much about transformation. Yeah. And that Pluto energy, you know, tied into that solar eclipse is not like a one and done, right? I mean, the next day, you know, the sun moves into Taurus and then you have that exact square. And then on May 1st, you have Pluto shifting retrograde. And so it feels like there's this galvanization of, which is a good Aries word, of that Pluto energy around the eclipse. And it does continue for the next couple of weeks. So go slow and be gentle. And remind me that I said that, like when I'm possibly in the throes of Pluto. (laughs) Right. No, go slow and be gentle. I think that is so important. And of course, you know, just because I think people will want to know this, also mention then, of course, eclipses usually come in pairs. So we'll have the lunar eclipse in Libra. And I can't remember the date. Actually, in Scorpio. In Scorpio. Thank you. In uh, in May, right? May 5th. May 5th, so we'll we'll talk about that. But I want to go back to that Pluto a little bit because 
like you're saying, a couple of days later, then Mercury goes retrograde, right? So then, yeah. So on the 19th, we have like the Aries solar eclipse. We have Taurus season begins on the 20th. And then the 21st, there's Mercury retrograde, like bam, bam, bam. bam, bam. Right, right. And then, and we can talk a little bit more about this later. And then Pluto's going to go retrograde at the end of the month as well. On, on, on May 1st, yeah. On May 1st, towards the end of the month. So as we kind of wrap up the month, it's, it's going to feel very Pluto. Those Pluto themes are going to be running very deep. Okay. I'm just trying to think, I have to catch my breath. Where do we where do we go next? Well, let's talk about the Mercury retrograde. Yes, I, mean, I think let's we should talk, talk about, about that. that. And then also again, maybe in talking about that, like the like the contextual, like, okay, how does that fit in with that solar eclipse? So Okay. Yeah. But so Mercury retrograde and it will be in Taurus. So Mercury will be retrograde through May 14th. What do you, you start us off, Mercury Retrograde. You know, we preach the power of the retrograde, regroup, relax, re-evaluate, right? I think it's going to be interesting because it's in Taurus and Taurus likes a rhythm. You know, Taurus likes to, you know, kind of have the rhythm and go through life. And Taurus isn't really big on roadblocks or unexpected things coming up. And so it'll be interesting to see what that retrograde, and you know, Mercury is the trickster, what the trickster planet might kind of throw out. And I think this is a time where Stephanie would say, stay bouncy, because that energy, things may not be what we expect. Our daily rhythms, our daily routines may get upset. But it's this wonderful time then, as we always say, to step back and look at is this really working for me? Do I need to reevaluate? Do I need to like rethink this? But I think in Taurus, it's, it's, it's going to be a different rhythm, shall we say. Yeah, that's so good. And I think, right, with that, you know, how we can take a different look or, or a different stance towards our daily rhythms, towards our routines, towards our rituals, towards our habits, and to look maybe at our habits, which is very Taurus, from a different angle, which maybe can help us untangle from those <laughs> habits that maybe are not really serving us very well. So I think that we can get a different level of understanding, a different vantage point on them, you know, in terms of also how we define the pragmatic and the practical. And of course, Taurus being the earth, our connection to nature, our connection to the rhythms of the earth and sensuality, you know, going from a different vantage point to, to, you know, maybe re-communicate or understand in a different way, you know, what are our sensual needs and how do we speak for them? How do we communicate to ourselves about them or to others around us who may be able to help us meet our sensual needs, if you will? Well, not if you will, but if meet our sensual I, needs. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very <laughs> much. Sign me up. I love that. You know, only a girl with her moon in Taurus would be the one to remind us of that, those sensual needs, but they they're so important. And that can be Anything with the five senses, you know, it's smell and touch. It's so tactile, you know, it's good food and those flower essences rolling around on your floor and, you know, celebrating the body. It just, it's really kind of yummy. It's so yummy. And I think too, you know, the retrogrades, especially the personal planets get such a bad rap, but I think that they give us an opportunity to like, check our assumptions, Mm. right? Instead of just like keeping on going on autopilot, it's, 
you know, wait, let me look at this. Like, to, how do I truly understand and also speak for, you know, my sensual needs or my relationship to the earth or, you know, what comfort and safety look like and, fe- and security look like for me. So I think it's a beautiful, um, yeah, it's time for that. But yeah. again, might be a nice relief actually, right? right? A little bit like an excuse to kind of step back a little bit with everything that's going on. Absolutely. Right. And I can't help but think about with that Pluto strong happening at the same time, you know, maybe it's this also this reevaluation of this reassessment of, you know, what does it mean to feel secure or safe? Mm. How do we build those inner deep resources? And, you know, but, it, but you know, you and I always talk about how the days before and the days after when that planet shifts direction, that energy is so strong. So here we have April 21st, it's starting. April 21st is only two days after the eclipse of April 19th. So there may just feel like this onslaught of information or so many emails in your inbox or so much noise and just go slow you know, be very sort of as calm as you can in terms of, again, what is this deep stirring? What is it that I'm really feeling as opposed to feeling, you know, so overwhelmed by so much input that we react in ways that maybe later we we regret? Yeah, for sure. And I love that you're bringing up, especially with the Taurus element, and then that ties, will tie it into Pluto, the idea of security. And Taurus just really, Taurus really loves some security, you know what I mean? And so, and then when you bring in Pluto, a lot of times I always think that Pluto brings the opportunity for a higher octave of security, more like a spiritual security or feeling secure in our relationship with the universe or the divine, because Taurus can be so material and so invested in security coming or abundance coming on a material level. But I think when you bring that soulful Pluto in there, it's an opportunity to maybe reevaluate that and look at where am I investing my security? Am I investing it in the material world or am I investing my security in the divine, in something bigger or greater than myself, right? The other thing is this is going to be explosive, you know, whether that's on a small scale or a big scale and not that we're, we don't predict because you can't predict with astrology, right? It just is telling you the energies, right? It'll be interesting to see what happens in the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I love that you just said that too, because then it's thinking, okay, if we know it's going to be volcanic or explosive, how can we each do explosive Okay, I just had a thing and I was like Taurus and the sensual explosive. You mean do it well? Is that what yeah. you're gonna say? Yeah, like how can we do how can we constructively do explosiveness in a constructive, beautiful way? You know, and so maybe I mean definitely like exercising or dancing, that sense of like expelling that energy, but again, you know, that notion of like really stirring things up deeply. You know, and I'm just thinking about art or music or dance or being in the body or, you know, I had this image as you're talking of like uh, Jackson Pollock, right? Bam, bam, you know, and just let it fly and see what is created by that very explosive energy, right? This is me clapping. Brilliant. (laughs) That's it. That's what we're going to do. It's just going to be like the Jackson Pollock (laughs) ethos. 
an art style. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what you come up with out there, audience. Be sure and send us pictures of your art project for for the month. Wow. Do you have any final words on Pluto? I mean, it's, it's going to go retro. Whenever has a final word on Pluto, but it is going to go retrograde May first, like like we mentioned. And so the end of the month there's just going to be kind of that Pluto energy hanging out. It just feels rather Plutonian. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the only thing I would say is just because I sort of alluded to this, I was like, Taurus, sensual explosion. It could be like, you know, very sensual if we say. Oh my God, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) But there is that libidinal. No, but actually now I'm just going to go with that a little bit. Like there is that. that No, no. There is that sense maybe of that little, like channeling that libidinal energy, mm. right? And maybe you don't necessarily have to do it through like sex and intimacy, but like how do you touch into that deep eros, right? That deep libidinal energy yeah. that comes up through us and then you like take your paintbrushes and you do a Jackson Pollock. like Yeah, or you know what I'm thinking too? It's like kundalini and, you know, yoga, you know, really running those those procreative strong energies. No, I love that you bring in this aspect. It's I think it's super important. Me too. <sighs> Should we? Are, are we? <laughs> we're exhausted, but but we'll we'll continue on. Is it time for tarot card of the month, Stephanie? It's time for tarot card of the month. So there was so much going on uh, this month. We're kind of getting the groove of instead of us picking a card, we let the universe pick a card for us right here on the air. So I'm shuffling the cards now. And Stephanie, you just tell me when you want me to stop, and then we will have the card. Go, stop. (laughs) I'm mid-shuffle. Hold on. Hold on just a minute. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Are you ready? So the So Divine Tarot card for April is, oh my gosh, this is just too good, Stephanie. It's the devil card. Ooh. I don't think that the devil, that was a bad, ooh, (laughs) a a wounded wolf there, but we've, I don't think we've ever talked about the devil card on So Divine. Now the devil card is ruled by Capricorn and the devil card has nothing to do with Satan or evil or, you know, that kind of superstitious stuff. The devil simply represents fear. And if you think about what is the opposite of love, what is the opposite of God, the divine, it is fear. And when we're in fear, we lose our power and we become chained to whatever that desire is or whatever that thing is that we feel like we can't have, that we don't feel empowered enough to create, that we feel we're not in control of. And so when the devil card comes up, and here we are talking about kundalini and procreative energy and libido, and the devil really, to me, is one of the most creative cards in the deck in terms of procreative energy. And so when you've got the devil card, if you're feeling fearful, if you're not feeling empowered to be a creative person, to create your life, that's the devil. Your power is robbed from you. And so I also think sometimes when the devil comes up for people, it's an opportunity to look at do you feel bad about yourself? Like, you know, the devil card, there's something wrong with you and no sex before marriage and what intuition, that's crazy. 
You know, don't, don't be too creative or too big. And it's those things that we've been taught that, you know, that there's something wrong with us when these are very pure human instincts and expression. Okay. I love that we got the devil card here. Stephanie's shaking her head. It's just like too perfect. It's so perfect. I mean, especially you talk about fear and that's something we didn't actually address with Pluto, right? Or even a little bit with Taurus, like the fear of change with Taurus or the fear of like not having security or safety or with Pluto, all those underground fears that come up. And so this just feels like this gorgeous ally for the month. Yes. Make friends with the devil. That's what they say, because if you don't, it will bite you in the butt. So, you know, and that, you know, to be honest, and here's back to Pluto, the devil also sometimes represents our shadow energies, you know, those parts on the ground that we're just not comfortable with and that take away our power. But if we can look at them, they don't take away our power anymore. Ugh. Ugh. The mic <laughs> drop, the devil and the oh. mic drop. Oh my God. Thank you, tarot gods. That was just so absolutely perfect. That's perfect. So Stephanie, (laughs) another episode, you know, in the vault, we want to make sure that all of you know that we're at so divine.us. We love hearing from you. And also we have a so divine event coming up. Um, and it's in West Seattle at the wonderful boutique called Swan Dive. It's on Saturday, April the 8th. So all of our Seattle friends come to Swan Dive, do some shopping, and Stephanie and I are going to be there talking astrology and tarot and life. And then we're both going to have our card decks there. So I will have the Couture Tarot and I will pick a card for you about anything you want to talk about. And Stephanie will have her Astro Oracle deck there and she will also pick a card for you. So this is going to be pretty darn fun. Yeah. So, so Saturday, April 8th from three to five and Swan Dive is such a beautiful space and Allie, the proprietist is incredible and it's beautiful and it's just going to be a really fun energy and we would love, love, love to see you. Yes. So So what do you have coming up? Yeah. So I don't have any other events per se in April besides that, but just, I do have two events, one on May 3rd and one on May 10th, um, in person in Seattle at the cloud room. They're both focused on the Saturn return, Mm. something that I'm really focusing on right now. So the one on May 3rd is for people going through their first Saturn return, 27, 28, 29, 30. So if you're in that age group or you know anybody who is, and then the, the second one on May 10th is for people going through their second Saturn return. So 56, 57, 58, that time period, if you're moving through that life passage, that one's for you. So I'll be putting more information about that on my website in the coming days. So I'd love oh, you gosh, to join me. That sounds amazing. I wish somebody had uh, you know, a workshop on a Saturn, on what a Saturn return is all about when I was going through my Saturn return, especially that first one. Okay. I What have I got going on? At the, besides the So Divine pop-up, I'm also going to be at Three Trees Books in Burien on the 29th for Independent Bookstore Day. I will be doing complimentary 
complimentary readings. And oh my gosh, the folks at Three Trees are amazing. They have a new store now in downtown Burien. So check it out. And then also, I also just want to remind everybody about my Patreon. I am having so much fun doing the Patreon. I just posted my collective tarot reading for April and it's really fun. So you can check that out on my website as well. Amazing. So here we are at the end of the episode and just wow to April and, <laughs> and big thanks to you, Megan, and to everyone who listens to us. And again, as Megan said, please, you know, send us a note if you have questions or thoughts, reflections, big, big, big thank you to the two people. We also could not do this without our producers, Nick Petri and Sebastiano Terquio and to you, my dearest Megan. To you, Stephanie. Let's have a wonderful, wonderful April and, and to all of our listeners as well. 